0: Welcome back to another episode of the Coaster 101 podcast. I'm Andrew Stillwell, in North Carolina, and I'm joined by Shane Joseph checking in from his dorm room at Quinnipiac University. Shane, how's it going?
1: Uh, it is going pretty well. I'm uh, happy to be here. Uh,
0: finally got out to a park, so I'm excited to talk about that this week. We've been slacking on the listener questions in recent episodes, and since Eric's not here this week, I figured we would uh, start this episode with a couple of listener questions that we've gotten over the past couple of weeks. The first question uh, Darius uh, tweeted at us and he said what is the park with the best food and what is the best meal you've had at a theme park and Shane what about what's your uh, what's your view there
1: well this is this is kind of getting into what we talked about um, a few weeks ago on our, our food episode um, which I'd recommend uh, anyone who is interested in theme park food check that out because we go into a lot more detail uh, but off the top of my head I would say the best food that I've had I'm um, not including resort parks in this question in particular Um, so no Universal and Disney this time but those would um, be the best for me but besides those um, I had great food at uh, Bush Gardens in Tampa Uh, they have a um, lot of great selection I think a lot of it is made there which is uh, definitely nice they have a nice um, kind of steakhouse uh, restaurant where you can get some uh, barbecue and that's right next to the uh, splashdown on Sheikra so you can sit down and Uh, watch the coaster go by as you have some nice barbecue Uh, and i also had some nice food at uh, the efteling park in the netherlands they had some really uh, unique food that i got to try there that um, i can't really get at any parks around here Um, so um, having some of those food and trying um, some of the different styles that you got at that park was really cool
0: as a North Carolinian, I'm gonna take only minor offense to you considering a steakhouse to be barbecue, but that's a oh well that's another <laughs> another topic for another episode. Apparently,
1: I can't remember if it's a barbecue restaurant or a steakhouse restaurant, but I think it's both. okay. So, uh,
0: what about your the best meal you've ever had at a theme park?
1: Um, so the best meal uh, is I had to go with uh, Disney on this one. Uh, the best meal I had was at the Satouli Canteen, which is in. Uh, animal kingdom at pandora the uh, world of avatar Uh, they have uh, really cool food they make it uh, seem kind of very exotic uh, the way that they prepare it Uh, they've got a bunch of different styles of uh, bowls that you can make and put different uh, meats in and different uh, types of noodles and have uh, some cool sauces some really unique um, mixes and things like that that you can uh, put in it and all the ingredients they use are just really um, really fresh and they taste good um, it's prepared really well um, and it's just a fun restaurant in general um, so i'd say one of the bowls from the canteen is my favorite meal that i've had at a park. Gotcha.
0: yeah the best meal i've had was actually it was a one-time limited offer at carowinds uh, which was new year's eve 2018 going into um 2019 they had their their winter new year's eve party and the park actually has its own food truck that they sometimes bring out in the park to do special menu items um and at the time their head chef he put together this beef tenderloin and boars and cheese sandwich it was on a focaccia bread that was made in-house it was so tasty the the beef was better than anything i've ever had at a theme park i just i think about that sandwich so many so much um as far as best food, uh, I've got to probably go Bush Gardens Williamsburg Parkwide. They've got a little bit of everything. Uh, they have a barbecue restaurant, not a steakhouse. <laughs> um, but they've got Marco Polo's Marketplace. Uh, they've got some good Irish fare in Ireland. Uh, but, you know, they, they're... Cuisine kind of lends itself very well to the various regions of Europe, which the uh, park is themed after. Um, but I will say, parks like Carowinds and King's Dominion and King's Island, I've been seeing a lot of their stuff on Twitter recently. They've been having this chef's chefs table feature uh, through weekends this fall, and it is, it's is—it's like fine dining in a theme park. So I've got to get a, uh, a special shout-out. To the uh, Cedar Fair parks and their executive chefs. Uh, surprise, surprise, me saying nice things about Cedar Fair. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they're- uh, I also think it's worth mentioning, speaking of Cedar Fair, um, I think you've
1: you've been to this as well. Uh, the food at um, the Grand Carnival event was really cool too. I'm just um, remembering that now. Uh, they've got that um, at select times of the year. Uh, like you said, kind of uh, similar to Bush Gardens Williamsburg, they've got a, a taste of food from. Uh, all over the place, which is really uh, cool. I, I liked trying some of those things, too.
0: Uh, I'm going to do one other question, uh, and this is uh, by Clint, who is a uh, he's a friend of the podcast and actually wrote an article for Coaster 101 way back in the day about his trip to the Harry Potter experience in London, the Harry Potter Studio Tour. So check that out if you want to learn more about that. Uh, but Clint wants to know if you could tell a person to ride one roller coaster to get them hooked. Not necessarily your favorite coaster, but a coaster that would, you know, have that experience where they would want more coasters. What coaster would you have them ride? Uh, well,
1: this was a fairly easy one for me um, because not only is it uh, one of my favorite coasters, but I also think that it's a great uh, coaster for anyone to try, whether you're an enthusiast or not. Uh, and thats Tree Treat-A-Hunt at Busch Gardens Tampa. Um, it's a great, uh, they classify it as a family coaster. I guess I would agree with that. Uh, it's a little more on the intense side, which I think is good, um, but not too intense. So I think it's manageable for everybody. Um, we've got a couple launches in there, um, and they're not anything crazy. They're not like 80 miles an hour. They're definitely, uh, doable launches. If it's your first launch coaster, or your first coaster, uh, with an inversion, it's also good for that because it has, uh, one, uh, fairly mild inversion on it, which is cool, Um, It's very smooth. It's not too tall. Uh, It's got a good uh, mix of elements on there. It's very, um, I think, re-ridable also. Um, But overall, I think it just kind of checks all the boxes for me um, for what a coaster should be, and especially for someone who isn't a big coaster person. Uh, It's not the level of intensity that some of the other coasters at that park are or in general Um, So I think that would be a great one for somebody who uh, wanted to learn more about coasters or kind of test their limits. Uh, I think Cheetah Hunt would be a great place to start. What about you? Uh,
0: I got to go with the coaster that actually gave me the coaster bug way back in like 1999 or 2000 or whatever it was. Uh, It was the Incredible Hulk coaster at Islands of Adventure, Universal Orlando. Um, It. Like you, like you said with Cheetah Hunt, it's got a little bit of everything. It's got some inversions. It's got some. It's got a launch in the tube that you don't necessarily know is coming uh, for the first time you've ridden on it. But it is a it is a good coaster to kind of cut your teeth on. It's not the fastest. It's not the tallest. It it's none of those S's especially anymore. Um, but you know, for being twenty plus years old at this time, and I know they redid it a couple years ago. Um, but it is a it is a great you know, first big coaster experience and after I rode that I, I got off of it and was definitely definitely wanting more. So that I gotta go with incredible Hulk there.
1: Yeah, that's a great choice too.
0: Uh, but Going from uh, Central Florida, we're actually going to go up to uh, Shane's Neck of the Woods this week. Uh, we're going to expand our Coaster 101 Guide 2 series. And we're going to talk about one of Shane's local parks, uh, Kwasi, which is located in Middlebury, Connecticut. Uh, Shane, what can you tell us about quasi's history and what's your own personal history with the park? So, yeah,
1: to start off with the uh, park history... Uh, it's uh, a fairly old park, uh, over 100 years old. Uh, in 1908, uh, the park was founded as a uh, stop along a trolley line uh, between Waterbury and Woodbury, Connecticut. Uh, and it's actually one of the uh, 11 trolley parks still left uh, here in the United States. And it's one of the few parks uh, that I can think of off the top of my head that is uh, free admission to go in and then uses a ticket system. Uh, the only other ones I can think of are uh, Kenobles, uh, Luna Park at Coney Island, and I think Mall of America uh, is free entry. I'm not entirely sure, but those are the ones I can think of off the top of my head. Um, so it started off um, that way as a basically just a trolley stop on this lake. Um, and then as it became a more popular destination for people uh, using the trolley, it became more of a uh, resort area, which is how most of these type of parks start. They get um, you know picnic tables or a dance floor or something like that to make it more of a uh, destination and not just kind of a stop along the route. Um, and then a little later in 1937, uh, based on that success, uh, some businessmen purchased the property and began to develop it uh, more into that uh, entertainment area. Specifically after World War II, uh, Kwasi established itself as um, a real amusement park. Uh, they added a steel kitty coaster in 1952, uh, which is still there, uh, And Alan Herschel kitty coaster which uh, was a very interesting experience i'll talk about that um, and then they had a wild mouse for a time as well um, but then that was replaced in 2011 uh, with wooden warrior which is the reason that most people uh, know about quasi kind of put them on the map uh, wooden warrior is a gravity group uh, family wooden coaster and that is their uh, latest coaster edition. gotcha
0: and i mean you're you're from that area did you grow up going to quasi no, not
1: really. Uh, Kwasi is actually closer to um, where I go to school here in Connecticut than it is to my house. So it wasn't um, that kind of local park as a kid. I, I didn't um, start coming here until uh, last year, actually, um, and while I was at school. And uh, it's a great little park. It's it's close enough to me to make it um, kind of a day trip. Um, if I just you know need to get on a, a coaster or two, I can go down there and just. Uh, Get a couple tickets, uh, ride Wooden Warrior a few times, and uh, hang out by the lake, do some flat rides. Um, but ever since I found out about it last year, um, I was recommended. If anybody's uh, up in this area looking for uh, weekend activity or something for a vacation or a long weekend, it's a great uh, family destination, and you can definitely make a day out of it if you try. Gotcha.
0: And you know, you you mentioned earlier you took your first visit of the uh abbreviated 2020 season to quasi this past weekend um i guess the easy question how was it
1: uh it was great so uh i was actually down there for the uh they have an octoberfest event uh, that was uh saturday and sunday so that um when i saw that they were having that event i thought that that was a good opportunity to get back down to quasi uh and it was a great time um it's actually funny that we had that uh, listener question because uh, i brought some friends to the park who are not um, big on coasters. So I figured, uh, this was a good opportunity to kind of, uh, show them Wooden Warrior was a great, um, kind of introductory coaster. Um, cause again, family coaster, not too intense. Um, but I'll get to that in a second, but overall, um, the park is great. It's, it's really well maintained. Um, it's similar when I went last year. Um, I think it was even less crowded. Um, but this year even with the event, uh, I mean, there was a lot of people, there, but they were kind of spread out. Uh, The parks did a good job with uh, all the COVID policies and everything. So there's plenty of uh, distancing on the ride and sanitizer available. Uh, I think they just did a great job managing the event and managing the people they had. Um, A little bit more about the event uh, in general, they had a ticket deal, um, which was a great deal, actually, where it was $25, you get an all day ride wristband, and then you get um, a meal at their Oktoberfest event. Uh, And I got a uh, knockwurst, which is like a sausage, um, and then you could pick two sides with it. So I got some French fries and uh, roasted vegetables, and it was very good. Um, It was a very, very good meal. Definitely did not feel like theme park food, which is always a compliment. Uh, I think that the event in general was really well put together. It was a great deal. Uh, There was a lot of people that were down uh, in that pavilion. They were really enjoying the event. Uh, They had some live music. They had a band uh, playing German uh, songs, which was fun, and there's a a large field where the event was set up uh, that Wooden Warriors actually surrounding it, which was really neat. Um, You got some great views of the coaster while you were enjoying the event. Um, So overall, the Oktoberfest um, was a a really great event, and it was definitely a good uh, reason for me to get back out to that park.
0: Sure. Um, I know it's a a smaller park in the fall, but was it particularly crowded? Was it Was it manageable? I mean, were you waiting a long time for the rides?
1: Um, No, like I said before, it was certainly manageable. I think the longest we waited was maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes at the most. Um, They were doing a great job with managing the crowds, even with the distancing. So like on Wooden Warrior, um, they were only loading, um, I think, rows one, three, and five, um, which is the front, middle, and back row because the trains are fairly small. Um, So that was great, even with the – distancing they kept the weights low all day the operations were great Uh, the ride operators were uh, really efficient which was awesome and in general everything uh, about the operations that day were very smooth Um, even when um, it seemed like there were a lot of people in line uh, the line was usually fast moving and for something like uh, the bumper cars or something where you can get a bunch of people in there at once um, so yeah, I would say the, the crowd managing um, throughout the day was really good. Uh, like I said, we barely waited for anything at all. Actually, perfect.
0: Well, uh, we are a roller coaster podcast, and as you mentioned, uh, Kwasi has two um, coaster credits. They've got the the nineteen fifties era Alan Herschel Kitty coaster. Um, anything worth reporting on that? Well, yeah, actually, I didn't. Uh, I didn't go on it last year um,
1: because I was too proud. Uh, the person that I went with last year was also not a coaster person, didn't want to go on it. And I'm not somebody who rides kiddie coasters just for the credit. So I skipped on it last year. Um, but this year I went with a uh, few people that were more willing. So I decided, well, if I'm not the, you know, only weirdo on this kiddie coaster train, then that's okay. Um, so I did end up going on it. Um, it, it was, uh, it was pretty fun. It was a good experience. Um, They actually send you around for two laps, which is cool. Um, Super simple layout. I think it's like probably 30 seconds from start to finish. Um, But it's pretty fun. There's a few little airtime hills in there. um, And it's kind of cool just because it's sort of a piece of history. Um, Just because it's an Allen uh, Herschel coaster, I've never really seen anything with that um, track design. Um, It was pretty um, different than a lot of other older kiddie coasters that i've been on um so that was cool um and then also they have uh wooden warrior which we talked about earlier uh that is their 2011 uh gravity group family coaster which is a fantastic coaster uh this is still the only gravity group coaster i've been on uh to date i believe. Uh, And it just makes me want to go out and ride all of them because it is so smooth. um, Despite it, you know, not having the height that other wooden coasters have or the speed, uh, what it's able to do with that area and with that layout is really, really impressive. Uh, The airtime on this coaster is... Uh, better than I've gotten on some newer coasters or newer steel coasters even, uh, especially with those uh, Timberliner trains are awesome. Uh, those are actually the first uh, Timberliner trains uh, in North America, which is uh, really neat. And I can see why they caught on for sure, because uh, they're super comfortable. Their restraint is very non-restrictive. Uh, even if you're in there pretty tight, like if you get you know, as close as you can to stapled, you still have enough room and it's still comfortable because it's just that uh, curved bar that goes around your waist uh, essentially. So uh, it's super comfortable the whole way. Uh, I got some rides in the front and some rides in the back. I'm um, still kind of conflicted on which one I liked better because I think that um, no matter which row I sat in, the ride got better throughout the day. Um, so I would say if you're going to quasi definitely um, give it a try uh, at different times uh, in your visit because it definitely did change. It uh, sped up as the day went on, which was really cool. Um, I got some really great airtime towards the end of the day in that back seat. Um, But yeah, this is especially, you know, if you're coming to New England, definitely don't miss out on this coaster um, because while it may not have the stats that other coasters in the area have, uh, it definitely packs a punch and uh, certainly lands in my Uh, top 10 wood coaster list maybe even top five i haven't updated in a while Um, but i would say that this is definitely the uh, standout ride at the park Uh, it's probably why a lot of people know the park i think it kind of uh, put quasi on the map uh, back in 2011 when it was built Uh, and overall it's just really impressive what they did with this ride and with this area
0: yeah those gravity group family coasters um they're they're starting to pop up more and more places. I know uh, Kentucky Flyer, Kentucky Kingdom, Oscar's Wacky Taxi at Sesame Place in Pennsylvania, and I think Rorosaurus up there in New England somewhere, I believe in New Hampshire. Yep, Storyland. Yep. Um, those are. It is a type of coaster I've yet to experience. I've been on a couple of other Gravity Group rides, but never one of the family coasters, and I really, really want to, just because, like you said, I think they, they pack the punch for the enthusiasts, but they're the perfect ride for, you know, a younger uh, as we call them, thrill seeker in training. So I think um, for sure, it sounds like Kwasi definitely has a winner on their hands with Wooden Warrior, and I know it's um, it's typically in the uh, the latter half of the Golden Ticket Awards, and has been for the last 10 years, for the, um, or 10 or so years, for the best wooden coaster. So I know it it, it always finishes within the top 50. So it's Yeah, definitely definitely deserves a spot on that list. Perfect. What about some other rides at Quasi that are worth talking about?
1: Well, it's kind of interesting because Quasi has a great mix of some newer flat rides and some classic flat rides. Um, Something I did notice uh, is that most of the flat rides at the park are – SBF visa flat ride so I'm I'm assuming they must have like some sort of deal or something um with SBF because they have a lot of their rides there um and they're all great uh some of the the two newer ones uh one of them is called reverse time uh which is sort of like the uh those wipeout rides where you're facing the outside um which uh, I think reverse time was put in in 2016 um it's similar to uh, like the Cyborg Ride at Six Flags New England or uh, Great Escape has one as kind well. Kind of those Frisbees. Um, that's a – yes, yeah. Um, so it's one of those. That one's a lot of fun. They also have a newer one called Frantic, uh, which is a pendulum ride, um, sort of like the uh, Discovery Rides uh, or the Huss Rides, but it's it's much smaller. I think it only seats about eight people. Um, and it's one of the ones that inverts, so it will spin and hold uh, the car upside down, which is uh, it's a very uh, intense ride. I think that's probably the most intense ride at the park. Uh, I didn't get a chance to do that this year, um, but I did go on it last year, and it's uh, one of the more fun, uh, intense flat rides I've been on. Um, it's very disorienting. Um, I'm a person who's not a big fan of being... Uh, held upside down for long periods of time on rides Um, so like those super loops i really don't like but this ride um, it wasn't too much Uh, it was just enough to get that thrill without being overwhelming Uh, and then like i mentioned they also have some great uh, classic flat rides they've got a uh, -a tilt-a-whirl some bumper cars one of those flying uh, bobsled the matterhorn rides Uh, and they've got a uh, smaller kind of drop tower it's it's almost more of a uh, frog hopper than it is a drop tower but i uh i just had a lot of fun on that one um i hadn't been on one like that before it's not like the space shot or anything um you know it brings you up slowly a few times and then uh drops you twice uh to get down to the bottom um it's just very charming uh, the way that they have all those rides and the park in general definitely has that uh new england charm uh to it especially being on the lake Um, it's just a really great setting and these classic, uh, flat rides fit in perfectly. Got it. Is it, is it, is quasi a park that's geared more towards families? For sure. For sure it is. Yeah. What are some other hidden gems at the park? Uh, something that I've been wanting to do. We still did not get on at this time. We didn't have time. It just didn't line up. Uh, but they have, uh, paddle boats that go around their lake. Um, and I just think that that's the perfect attraction for this park. Uh, it is an upcharge, which is uh, one of the reasons that uh, I skipped on it this time. Um, but especially as it gets more into the fall and as the leaves start to change, uh, going out on those paddle boats uh, in that lake at that time of the year um, would really be stunning. Um, and they've got a uh, another boat as well, like a, a gas-powered boat that has a lot more people that they'll um, take out as well uh, with a tour guide. Um, that's an upcharge also. Um, but I would say if you're there, um, definitely give those a try because um not only will it help um you know take some time out of the day just because um you can spend a whole day here um if you want to like we were there from i think 11 uh, until 4 and we had done um each ride a few times Um, but if you're really trying to make a day out of it um i would say any of the boat uh options on the lake uh would be a really great choice and give some awesome views of the park
0: and you mentioned it was a it was free entry, but it's kind of a pay per ticket per ride. Um, how I mean, if you're looking to w- ride Wooden Warrior, what's that going to set you back? A couple of bucks?
1: Uh, yeah, a few dollars. Um, I would say if you're coming to this park just for Wooden Warrior uh, or just for the two coaster credits, um, I would say just go for the tickets. Um, I think it's like two fifty, maybe a ticket. Um, I didn't check because we had a uh, uh, the wristband when we went um but if i'm remembering correctly i think it's about uh 250 so um that being said though you you, you know it's definitely a re-rideable coaster um and the wristbands are fairly cheap so if you are going i would definitely um look at all the options uh they have them all there on their website um so i would say you know don't uh you know don't skip out uh on a lot of the things at this park really take a look at what they have and take a look at what is best suited for you um in your day because, I mean, if you're just coming for Wooden Warrior and uh, the Kitty Coaster, I mean, you could you could be out in, you know, 10, 15 minutes uh, if you really just wanted to get those and move on. But I wouldn't recommend doing that. I would recommend staying for a little longer and really uh, getting everything out of the park that you can.
0: Do you have any other um, any other bits of advice uh, for a trip to Quasi?
1: Um, I would say, uh, like I said earlier, try a Wooden Warrior different times of the day, Um the arcade that they have at the park uh, is really fun we spent uh, a good amount of time uh, in there Um, it's a fun arcade they've got a lot of uh, classic uh token games in there you know ski ball and all that um so i definitely say the arcade is a great way to spend some time um and the other thing i would say is if you are just looking to um, get some credits at this park uh, this is a great park to do in the same day as lake compounds uh, it's a very doable drive. Um, like I said, you can, even if you spend like an hour at Quasi, you can have uh, the rest of your day at Lake Compounds, which should be more than enough uh, to get those two parks done. So if you're planning a uh, New England trip, you're maybe you know doing Six Flags New England or any of those uh, other parks, I would say pairing up Quasi uh, and Lake Compounds in one day uh, would be a great choice uh, because Quasi um, is definitely a park that. If you're up in this area, uh, I definitely wouldn't miss
0: out on it. How far is the drive between the two? Uh,
1: I believe it's about 45 minutes. Oh, that's um, not bad so at all. Yeah, no, no, it's not bad.
0: Okay. Uh, anything else you want to talk about with Kwasi? No,
1: not, nothing I can think of about the park. Uh, I do want to thank uh, Ron, uh, who's their PR guy. Um, he was a really great uh, contact, really helpful, um, gave me some awesome resources for... Uh, the article which uh, which will be up uh, when this podcast come out Uh, I wrote an article about quasi and about my experience at Oktoberfest Um, Ron was super helpful with that gave me some awesome resources and was a great contact in general so I definitely want to say thanks to him as well and
0: Ron I believe is a fan of ours he entered our uh, photo contest so
1: yes yes he did with a picture of a wooden warrior which is an awesome uh, picture as well so thanks to him for doing that also
0: absolutely well Ron if you're listening thank you very much I think that is gonna do it for uh, for this week's episode of the Coaster 101 podcast. It's a little bit of a shorter episode, but it's a Quasi's a smaller park. That's just kind of the way it the way it lands sometimes. Um, but like Shane said, uh, be sure to check out his review of the Quasi Oktoberfest at Coaster101.com and As always, make sure you're following us on social media. We're at Coaster101, anywhere you consume your social channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Shane still hasn't posted a TikTok video, but we're on TikTok. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. If you've got any feedback, comments, questions, concerns, want to ask us questions about anything in our lives, about roller coasters, about Halloween, um, anything, email podcast at coaster101.com. If you're listening to this podcast and there is a option to rate, review, subscribe, share, force your family to listen, force your friends to listen, uh, be sure to do that. It really helps us out. It helps new people find the show. And, um, yeah, as always, thanks to Justin Mabry of JM Music Design for our theme music. That'll do it for this week. We will talk to you all soon.